Hi, everyone. We are very happy to have someone here that's going to share with us a lot of information, ideas, and we'll connect with you. And it will be a, an amazing conversation. We have Mark Malik. He is the Senior Manager of Live and Streaming Global Content Operations at Disney+. Plus. Mark has over two decades of professional experience in the television industry, specializing in operations, live news, events, and sports. Mark possesses extensive knowledge in digital streaming platforms and media management. He has worked with OTT, ESD slash BOD, which I don't know what it is. He will speak later. Services, gaining valuable international work experience in the United States, England, Denmark, and Japan. So, Mark, how did you get there? And please tell us your story. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Uh, <laughs> how, how did I get here? It's a long, long trip. I'm originally from Denmark, and my wife and I, we decided to move to the U.S. back in 96. And so we came here to the sole purpose of getting our education, and we wanted to be in, I wanted to be more in entertainment, so does she, but she's a screenwriter, so she's working on that. And I got involved in producing things in San Francisco, but somehow things happened, and today I do video on demand and streaming. So it's 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 an interesting long journey, at least for me, but really quickly to recap what happened is I moved, especially when I moved to Los Angeles, we my wife and I had no contacts. We did not know a soul in this city. We had only a few thousand dollars in our pocket. We were broke and we were like, we're gonna make it or take the next flight home. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then you start hustling. Then you start working. And really, to be honest, anything that's legal, I did. You know, from working in restaurants and bars or what have you, just to pay the bills. And if slowly, slowly, you start getting in the industry, meeting people, start freelancing. How I got my freelancing job is I signed up with the freelance companies like Apple One, uh, a few others, Morgan Hill is another one in Los Angeles that find freelance work for you, freelance work. And I started working in different offices and I was lucky enough to find a job at Fox. And just talking to people there, I got involved in doing something called master control operations, which is basically people who run whatever you see on television. Mm -hmm. There's somebody sitting on the other end, making sure it's happening, the commercials, the breaks yeah. and all that. So I started doing that at something called graveyard shift, which is nine in the evening to seven in the morning. Wow. Oh, <laughs> so that, that must yeah. have been tough. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't fun. But, you know, it was getting my foot in the industry, getting, you know, at a big company. So you do what it's like you pay your dues. And then, you know, met just met more people, started talking. Networking is the key word. And this person I used to work with, she was working at Disney at that time as well. And I was like, hey, I've applied for a job at Disney. Do you know anyone? And she was like, as a matter of fact, the person you applied to is my boss. So let wow. me talk to him. Wow, a lot. <laughs> it's one of those things, if you don't ask, you don't get. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to be in the market. You know, That's what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the most important thing for anyone is do not do it only when you want something. I the, I think the biggest message I can give is when you are making connections, make real connections. And once a month or every two months, just email them saying, how are you? Don't just reach out when you only want something. You know, because that's how you build a relationship. And you have to build a professional relationship because then when you need help, they'll always be, oh, yeah, sure. You know, rather than them saying, oh, what does he want? What does she want? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, big difference. So anyway, so I got into Disney and I was working at Disney doing the same thing, master control operations. And I was there for a couple of years. I wanted to expand. And the only way you could expand in Disney at that time was to leave Disney, do something else and come back. So I've done that maybe three, four times now. On and come back at Disney. And I'm lucky enough that they, I guess they like me, that they let me come back. But it's helped me grow in my position. Like I go to another company in a little bit higher position. I stay there two, three, four years. And it isn't intentional, but the industry in Los Angeles especially is so volatile. There are so many layoffs happening all the time and Mm -hmm. people are headhunting other people because it's a huge industry, but it's a very small industry, if you know what I mean. Everybody knows everybody. It's a small niche. The whole niche is big, but it's a small niche. Exactly. And Uh people know of you, good or bad. So they'll come look for you and they'll offer you. And so that's how I've been headhunted a few times, a couple of times laid off because company cutbacks. You know, I'll give you an example. At one time I was working for Universal Music, which is Universal Music is the world's biggest music company. It has the majority of all the musicians on the planet are signed on with Universal Music. They're big. They wanted to launch a TV channel because they have all these licenses. They have all these songs. So they wanted to become the next MTV. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. We launched a TV channel. This is around 2007, 8, something like that. And we were the first people. That's where I really got involved in video on demand, which is VOD, and streaming, because we were very early on adapters. On YouTube, I had 16 music channels playing with different genres, which was Latin, hip-hop, reggaeton, you know, all the different genres, music channels, which I was handling and responsible of putting content up, bringing it down. So we were doing good. But then after two years, for whatever reason, we were all called in the office and Universal Music said, we're shutting it down. You're all laid off. So the fire just like that, just like just that. Like that. And you have to be prepared for that because that's the way it is. That's <laughs> the way it is. One week after New Year's. So we were all hundred and some people gone, just like that. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that's just the industry. And it's like, okay, now what do I do? You know, so you start looking for work again and again and again. Right. And so... You know, so I went back and forth to a few companies. I started working at a private startup, was another TV channel. This 
very, very rich people in Hollywood wanted to start their own TV channel. When you have money, you can do what you want, I think. They started a TV channel. Like, fine. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> you know? So I started working for them. I launched them on Comcast, which is big in the US. I launched them on Hulu. And we were negotiating on a few other networks to launch them internationally. And, you know, like with a startup, it's big difference than working for a company like Disney or Fox. It has its own problems. Like I was a senior director there, but I was also picking up the phone when the internet was gone. Yeah, and <laughs> you were doing everything that, that really happens in small company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything, you know, you you and you have to be ready for that. I, yeah. I was, when we were moving offices, I was packing boxes because we were only 40 people in the company and everybody was doing what you do, you know, but that has yeah. its own problems and charm so it you know it, it has everything but i was there for about two years and the nfl which is the national football league in the u.s which is big mm-hmm. reached out to me and they had a position and that's something i was like yes i will take it because it's a very good opportunity so i was brought on board and what i was doing i was managing three teams and we were responsible for all the live American football, not the wow, real. that's a big position. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Managing all the live games <clears throat> and passing that on to our partners like YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, all of those. So we used to take live content from the stadium coming to us. My team would take it, turn it around digitize it, whatever the technical people do, because I'm not an engineer, but I manage people. So, you know, they have their special box of magic that they do. And I like to think that when I hire people or when I work with people, they are an expert in what they do. So I know a little bit about what they do, but I'm not them. I don't want to be them. Because that's their expertise, just like what my expertise is, is managing people and kind of being a puppet master, I think. Because I can get people to talk. I can go, like they say, put the hammer down if I have to. (laughs) But if I, you know, but otherwise, if, if things are moving, they're just moving. That's the way it should be. I believe you should not be hiring people if you don't trust them to work. You hire the best people you can get, and then you let them do the work. That's really important. Yeah. You know, otherwise, why have them? So anyway, I'm just coming around to what I was, you know, how I got involved in this. And the same thing happened at the NFL. After two years, they had a round of layoffs. They laid off 600 people. And mm-hmm. I was one of them because they were just consolidating. They told me, hey, we're laying people off. You're out. Bye-bye. Like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, okay, now what do I do? So I called my friends at Disney. And they're like, yeah, just apply this one position that's open and see if you, you know. And luckily, it's a question of, for each position, at least in, in LA right now, or in the US, I'm seeing, because you can see on LinkedIn average how many people are applying. I want to say 200 people are applying for each position right now. Oh. That's a lot. So it's really 
difficult just to get noticed. And after getting noticed, you still have 20, 30 people your average fighting with in order to get an interview. So, you know, it, it's, it becomes very, very hard and it, it, the bar is really high every time. So somehow I got that position. I don't know how, but I know I, there are a lot of people who were there running with me. But, you know, just like other positions I applied for, I didn't get somebody else got. It was just meant to be. So I came into Disney, and in these two and a half years, uh, Disney has done three reorgs, which is reorganizing the whole thing, Disney streaming. And this is my third position now with them. So every six, eight months, they change everything. And it's like, okay, now you're going to be doing this. It's like, oh, so I get a new team. I have to build them up. And then six, eight months later, oh, no, now we're doing it. It doesn't work. We're going to do it again this way. So Mark, what, what, what about? And a startup. I mean, did you ever think about starting your own small business, doing your own thing, or or you just wanted to work with corporates or small startups or middle-level companies and you know be, be be the one there managing and doing the best you can for them? I mean, it's yes and no, because as in any industry, there's so many things you can do. Like I wanted to be, when I moved here, I wanted to be a producer and produce my own content. But as they say, life happened. And, you know, you have to put food on the table so you'd start working because you can't afford to do things and not get paid because you've got to take care of your family and all that. So things happen. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just reality. Yeah. But yes, I did want to, produce and I wrote some scripts and I was doing all those things and I still dabble in short form content which actually I'm glad you asked we just did my two friends and me I've known them for years in the industry we started shooting this independent uh, unscripted show for uh, which what we're planning to do is we shot one episode which is going to be 20 16 minutes long because a half hour show, you can have 16 to 18 minutes long because the rest of the time is filled with commercial. Yeah. So you, you shoot about, let's say, 16 minutes of it. And it's, it's a teaser. So we shot that. Now I'm going to take that video, let's call it that, finished product, and I'm going to shop it around, which means is I know a few people in the industry. I know a few production companies who do independent unscripted shows some of them you can find online yourself and some of them do say you know if you want to submit here is the form fill it out send us your content we will look at it if we like it we will talk some don't and the ones who don't then you have to go on let's say linkedin and find people who work there and then try to reach them that way saying hey i have this content would you be interested in looking at it? Because everybody wants content. You were saying scripted and unscripted. Because I've been hearing that and also the OTT and SVOT. What is that? First, what is unscripted and, unscri and unscripted and scripted? And then what is OTT and then SVOT? So those are very technical terms. <laughs> so if you can explain it a little bit. <laughs> scripted and unscripted. A scripted show is a TV series like, or 
um, what example, anything that's playing on TV, like Friends uh, TV series okay. or any TV series, any te telenovela, if you see, it's scripted, meaning there's a script, actors read it, and then they say the lines. Mm -hmm. It's scripted. Unscripted has a script, but it's what it says is there are no lines in there. It just says like a cooking show or a travel show. There's no script in it other than, oh, we're in France today in Paris and we're going up the Eiffel Tower. Now, mm -hmm. if I was the host, then I'm talking about the Eiffel Tower, whatever I want to talk, because there's no script. I can be saying, oh, the weather is nice, or oh, it's raining, and oh, do you know that two people fell down from the Eiffel Tower yesterday? Whatever I come up with is unscripted. But I'm still following a little bit of a script because I know I have to go up the Eiffel Tower. I know I have to go stand on that corner, but everything else is free. In a scripted, everything is everything coming out of my mouth is something that was written by someone. I memorized it and I'm saying it. Okay, great. Does it make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. And OTT and SVOT, yeah. what is that? So end of the day, OTT is over the top. That's what it stands for. Okay. Over the top meaning you are seeing, let's just call it television on the internet. And you do not need a license. Like some countries, to watch TV, you need a TV license to watch it. OTT, you do not need a license because you're watching it over the internet. You don't need a cable in your house. You don't need an antenna in your house for that. You can just have your internet connection and you can watch over-the-top television coming through your internet. Now, VOD, then there's SVOD, there's AVOD. The VOD is video on demand. That means literally that. You want to watch a movie 2 o'clock in the morning, you can watch that movie 2 o'clock in the morning because you're demanding it. Okay? Okay. Again, it's on the internet. Now, that has different flavors. So there is a SVOD, which is subscription. Subscription meaning if you have Netflix or if you have Hulu, you pay a monthly bill to them, subscribe to Netflix. You can watch anything you want on Netflix anytime you want. That is a subscription base because you're paying for it. Video on demand. So you can watch anything on the network or on the Netflix world anytime you want because you pay that. Now there's a VOD, which is advertisement VOD. That means when you're watching a movie or a show, they will put ads in it. But okay. the difference is that's free. Like you can watch YouTube for free. You can also subscribe to it, but you can watch YouTube for free. You can watch movies on YouTube for free, but They'll stop it and they'll put ads in it because they have to make their money. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a trade. It's a trade. Yeah. yeah. And then you have something called a, a TVOD, which is basically pay-per-view, like a lot of sporting events. You want to watch a boxing match or a soccer match or something going on, you have to pay a certain amount of money to watch that thing. 
because it's going to start and then it's separate. Right. So, you know, so those are the different flavors of it. Now, to, there's something else that's very, very new. Well, not that new anymore, but it's new. This is the hottest thing right now, which everybody's talking about. And that's called Fast Channel. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. Fast Channel? Yeah, no. Fast Channel. Okay. Fast Channel basically is a TV channel, like you watch TV. But it's on coming on the internet. So you'll say, well, what's the difference? That difference is a fast channel is a very, very cheap to put up compared to a regular TV channel. A regular TV channel, you need satellite dishes, you need this and that, millions of dollars to put up. A fast channel, same look exactly like a TV channel, you can put up for $20,000. And it can go up on Pluto. If you know of Pluto TV, uh, Peacock has some. Mm -hmm. All the smart TV, uh, the smart TVs, like, you know, the, the Samsung TV or the yeah. Sony, all the smart TVs, they have their own channels. Those are smart channels. Like if you're watching, I don't know what you can see in your part of the world, but here you can see, for example, the museum channel or, or the surfing channel or the golf channel on a smart TV. That's a fast channel. The viewer, there's no difference for the viewer. The viewer just sees it as a TV channel. Like you can't, when you put on your TV, if the news is at four o'clock, the news is at four o'clock. That's just the way it is. You know, the same thing is on the fast channel is at four o'clock. But if you were on the differences, if you were on your mm, Netflix and if there was news, you can watch it anytime you want because you pay for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I hope in fast channel, you will have to see the programs at the time that they've been scheduled. Exactly. So for okay. the viewer, it's so, free. Okay. They get it for free. Because they have the channel, for for the uh, for the the person or the company that makes it, the good thing is it's so cheap they can put it up really fast. So it's a win-win for both. And the people who are losing on it are the satellite people who do all the the linear channel because there's linear and non-linear channels. I hope I'm not going too deep in this because it's no, no. It's 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 fine. It's fine. It's a lot of information that not, not everybody has in their hands. Yeah. Not, not everybody knows. Yeah. So, Mark, what what about the market? I mean, the market in the U.S. and Canada and Europe is completely different than Asia mm -hmm. and Southeast Asia, and of course Latin America. So, if we have people in Latin America that want to start putting their hands on this industry. How does the market works in the B2B scenario? I mean, uh, do you have to create content to sell it to those those big companies? Do you have to create content to put it yourself and going uh, through the competition and, and hire someone with the SEO and the marketing skills? Where does the, the, the market is, what is the market asking for or will be asking for in, in the next few years? That's a million dollar question. 
Nobody knows. Everybody will say they know it, or they'll talk as if they know it, but nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's going to happen in three months from now in this market because it's changing so fast. I'll give you an example. With AI now, look, uh, there's something called localization. Localization is basically dubbing a language. Like if a original language is in English, and now we're going to dub it in Spanish, or we're going to put text in Spanish. That is the choice of the company who's doing it. They want to do a dub, or it's called sub, which means subtitles. Up until now, doing a dub, which means you have to get actors to come in, play all the roles, speak in Spanish. If it's a TV series for four seasons, you have, let's say, eight episodes every season times four. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time to dub. To do subtitles, a sub takes time as well, but it's not as much and it's cheaper. But some people don't like to read. They want to hear. Yeah. Right? So that has always been the, the million-dollar question is, what are we going to do with this? But now with AI, there's. I was at this seminar the other day. What they're doing now, that's what the reason I'm talking about this is because nobody knows what's going to happen in two months and anything. In this company out of Israel, they were showing me they can take, uh, let's say, Brad Pitt, the actor, his voice and change it into Spanish. And it would be his voice. Wow. Speaking Spanish. Not another actor, you know, because the computers are doing all this, which was so fascinating. And it's like, that changes so much. Because if it was a movie with Brad Pitt, right now, if I have to get it dubbed, Brad Pitt doesn't speak Spanish. I get a Spanish actor who's got a heavy voice or a light voice. I don't know. I'll try to get the best, but it'll never be the same voice. Now with that that program, you get exactly the same voice. It's done faster because the computer is doing it. Something that would take me four months to get done because you have to hire actors. They've got to learn the script. They've got to, you're talking about weeks. So it's changing the industry there. So again, just to say, nobody knows what's going to happen in four or five months, forget a year where this is going to be. But I just I would just say that if anybody wants to create something, start off small, do a test, shoot two or three small 10-minute episodes, put them up on YouTube, doesn't cost any money, very, very little money. If you can't edit yourself, find somebody who will edit it for you. And just see what the ba- what the feedback is of course your family is going to love whatever you put up but they're not the viewer <laughs> yeah 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 don't, don't talk to grandma please don't yeah. talk to grandma. <laughs> exactly so but you know then then you can feel if this is something good and maybe the way i like to think it it's a big cake you don't want the whole cake you just want a small slice of it 
Even Amazon as a company is not the big cake. It's a, it's a slice of a big industry. So see how big Amazon is. So you starting out in doing whatever you want to do, you want to produce, you want to sing, you want to direct, you want to edit, whatever. It's, you just want a small slice of that cake. You don't have to do it in the US or in Hollywood. You can do it in any country, city you're in. If you get enough viewers, you're making money. Exactly. And, and even so, if you get enough viewers, maybe that's not your goal. Maybe your yeah. goal is to have enough followers, to have, to have enough viewers, and then talk to a bigger company and see if you can make a bigger project. Exactly. Just like what I'm trying to do is like, I'm going to shop my unscripted show because we, we can't shoot every week. We don't have the time or the money. And basically, I'm going to sell the idea to this company. Do you want it? Oh, if you want it, this is what I want in return. I wish it was that simple. It's never, but at least that's the, that's the idea. That gave me to another question, Martha, just they're saying now. Sure. I want to ask you, because um, it's been like a question that I was like thinking a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are broad percentages, or at least like an estimation, play around usually inside negotiations with new TV series or movies that mm -hmm. wanted to be placed on the streaming platform, or whatever streaming platform? Mm -hmm. uh, how much money does creators Uh, get from the TV show and what is the best method to negotiate content, new content with investors and streaming companies? Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot of questions. But, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like a three-part <laughs> question. But, Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's, it's a very, very difficult question to any of those questions to answer because the answer is it depends. And I know you don't want this answer, but it just depends. I'll give you an example. My wife is a screenwriter. She has written a script, a dark fairy tale, which she is shopping around. And a production company optioned it. Option meaning, give it to us. We will then shop it around to see if somebody wants to make it. And if they do, then we will buy it and then we'll produce it. This is already two years and nothing's happened. Mm. And the, the company that has optioned a script is a big company. But even they cannot get into, because it's like a small mouse goes to the cat, who goes to the lion, who goes to the giraffe. You know, it, you just go to the bigger and bigger company. It's the, the food chain. That's yeah. what you're saying. It's the food. And, and, it, and it gets bigger every time. And my wife is the small mouse and she has the cat. Now the cat, who is a big company, is going to Sony, is going to uh, some of the other production companies who produce animation and saying, hey, we have the script. Do you want it? And they can say, yes, but we don't want this. We don't want that. We will do this. You got it. it, it there, it, there is no straight line. Yeah, It, but Mark, what's your take on this idea? Uh, maybe let's say not your wife. Maybe Stephanie mm -hmm. has some script, or anybody, anybody yeah. has some script, and they, they feel it's a good script. They know it's a good script. They already talked to Mark. Mark mm -hmm. saw the script, and 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 he said it's good. Go for it. I mean, he might have 
uh, wings to fly. And yeah. then and then you start investing in social media, you start investing in YouTube channels, and you start putting some traction behind your product. You even do a micro trailer, you know, you, you, you put your efforts and your little resources you might have for a year or two, and then you go to this cat, you're a mouse, you go to yeah. this cat, but you yeah. go with the product and at the same time, a lot of traction because yeah. you have viewers, you have followers, you have a lot of noise. Does that give you an edge? Oh, yeah. If you have followers following what you're doing, it doesn't matter which country the followers are. As long as you can show what you can on YouTube, for example, that you've got 10,000 people following you, makes a big difference than, hey, I have this script. You want to buy it? Right. You know? Because then you can show traction. I did four episodes. I did three commercials, trailers. I have a book out, you know, and I have every month, thousand people more signing up. Yes, that opens a lot of doors really, really fast. That's why the best idea is do it yourself first. Get some traction. It's cheaper. You control it because the minute you sell it, it's gone. You have gone. no control. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. You might have your main character, uh, a beautiful six foot tall brown hair girl. When I buy it, I'm going to make it a two foot small dwarf if I want to, because that's what's going to sell for me. Yeah. You know, So yeah. you lose all control. But yeah, right. you're absolutely right. Make it yourself. Start it yourself. Do whatever you can. Get it up and running. And then you can go to someone and say, hey, I have so many followings. But you know what? I doubt you'll even do that because once you have those followings, you're making money, then you become more creative and you'll just continue. You'll right. just keep doing it yourself more and more. And then they will come to you. And then you are in the driving seat if they come to you. Well, Mark, now you are in the streaming industry. I well, many of our viewers would mm. like to know how is is it hard to get a job opportunity in this in the streaming industry, or what type of roles are available usually in this yeah. type of industry? I would say well, it depends on the city, but I don't know how it is in in your part of the world. But here, the best way for somebody who's trying to get into the industry, let's say they're in college or in high school or trying to get in, the best way is come in and get an internship. Like at a Disney, for example, I know, because I hired two interns, the rule now in Disney, not five years, 10 years ago, but now, if you come in as an intern and your manager says good things about you, you will get a job. That's a guarantee. And a lot of companies are doing the same thing because the feeling has changed. Because when I did internship 20 years ago, I was like, ah, go bring me coffee and go away. Literally, it was like that. Now they teach you, they train you. And the thinking is if they've trained you and taught you, they don't want to lose you, then they'll keep you. So 90, I want to say, I don't know exactly, so don't quote me, but I want to say 90% of the people at Disney who come in as interns get jobs at Disney. Once they yeah, a big percentage. A yeah. big percentage. It's a huge percent. I don't know exactly how much, but huge percent. I mean, you really have to mess up badly in internship that your manager says no. You know, that we're not going to offer a job. Yeah, but yeah. don't say don't say that dwarf of yours 
He's <laughs> ugly. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, both my interns, I've had two interns and they both got jobs. Wow. So, you know, that, that really is going on a lot in Los Angeles and New York. All these major production companies and I don't know about, you know, companies like Roku and all, I couldn't talk about them, but I know with studios, yeah, definitely that's what they're doing. Uh, so one more question, mm, one please, more question, Mark. Um, it popped into my head. Uh, you're, you're now in Disney Plus, which is the new streaming. Mm. And I want to ask you, uh, is, is, is it hard to get, for example, a shark like Disney Plus getting new content uh, every year? Or are there very, it's very, like the percentage to accept new content is very small inside the streaming, like they stream it in their platform and say, oh yeah, I loved it. Just put it on the Disney Plus, you know? Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, no, it, yes and no, it doesn't work like that. When, if you are hoping that your product will go up on Disney Plus or uh, any, Disney, you know, yeah. any of the big names, you some take submissions, they will accept it to look at it. Some don't at all. Disney at the moment does not take any submissions because every company, the biggest thing they're afraid of is being sued. So it, they will never take anything from you, individual, coming in. They'll take it from an agent. Oh. So you have to always go that route. You cannot, unless they come to you directly, they want your content, that's different. But you... Sending them something, they won't even look at it because everybody's afraid of being sued. Yeah, because the agent will take care of the contract, will take care of the IP protection, will take care of everything. Yeah, whatever it is. Sure yeah. that nobody goes over the line. Yeah, or whatever the you know the the consequences are, it has to has to go through an agency of some kind for anyone to look at your product. I mean, you can tell them, hey, you want to see? And they might go and look at it unofficially and go, oh, yeah, we like it. Then that's a different story. But great. great. So being an agency, it's also a, a very interesting position because you might I mean someone in, in this part of the world might say, I want to represent anyone that has a yeah. project and um, and I, I get big enough and with the credentials to talk to someone like Disney or anybody else and say, I manage this, I have these capabilities and this is skills and I can provide you with this service. Yeah, but just be very careful because there are a lot of scam artists out there. Oh. A lot of scam artists who do who actually promise this to people who want to try to get in the industry. And right. in Los Angeles, at least the saying is, if somebody's asking you for money, it's a scam artist, walk away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for sure. You know, you come to me. Hey, I have this script, Mark. Uh, I know you are you are a company because I found you online. Can you show it to Disney? And I turn around and say, Yeah, you know what? I can, but it's going to cost you five hundred dollars. That's a scam. Yeah. Walk yeah. away. No matter right. how nicely they make their website or how pretty it looks or how well they talk to you, it's a scam. Do not pay anybody any money up front right. a real agent will never ask for money they will make money but on the other side once it's sold 
Right. Right. You know, that's where they will make money. Nobody works for free, sure. But anybody asking money up front, never pay for that. Even if it's only $10, just walk away. Anybody promising you, I will make you an actor, or I will make you a writer, or I know this producer, or I know somebody in, in England or in France or in uh, London who can do this, don't do it. Run. Right. Right. Got to be careful with that. Yeah, of course. So, uh, Mark, what, what can we expect from, from Mark in the upcoming five years? Uh, I know, I know it's, it's my, my, my sound like the, the other question where nobody knows. I mean, I don't, I don't have the, no, ideally I'm actually right now talking to another company and maybe transitioning out and doing something else. Uh, I found another company that I think would be really cool if I could get in there because <laughs> then I could set up because they don't have this infrastructure for what I do and they're looking for it. So it's like, okay, so let's see, but let's see, that could be an exciting, exciting thing. Uh, if it happens, I'll let you guys know. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you, whatever you want to do in this industry or any industry, just do it. Even if it means that you take your phone and you shoot a video on your phone because they have done movies on phones. So it's not crazy. Apple phones have done movies and they've produced them. So you can shoot on your phone. You can edit, do a two minute thing to start with. See how it is, learn from your mistakes, but just keep doing it. Don't talk about it, talk is cheap. Uh, I am super happy to have you, Mike, and to meet you. Thank you for accepting my LinkedIn, uh, uh, you know, uh, invitation. And now we are here. So it's, yeah. it's it's really cool, the transition from LinkedIn and now here, like meeting each other. I know it's virtually, but I hope someday we can meet each other, like, personally. But yeah. thank you, Mark. Thank you for your words. Thank you for being here at the NOVA podcast and for inspiring many young Latin Americans and also professionals around the world. Appreciate it. Real pleasure, Mark. Take care, buddy. Yeah, thank you both. Enjoy.